The following interview was Janine interviewing Crystal Covington on our Talking Well show on Flix. That's F-L-I-X-X dot net. Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the wealth within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Well, hello everyone and welcome to another show. And today I have a very special guest with us today, especially I think to help women along the path to investing. And this is a lady who um, has been mentored herself and actually helps inspire many women um, to step up and take opportunities and really um, put yourself out there. So Crystal, thank you very much for joining us today. It's great to have you on the show. Thanks. I'm so excited to chat with you today. And look, um, you were telling me recently about a story where this lady, amazing woman, helped inspire you to get into investing and to get into real estate. So I'd love to hear about that. And would you mind sharing that with us? Yes. So one of the amazing things about leading a women's network and being a leader amongst women is that I get to be mentored as well. And I meet some of the most amazing women that have a passion for mentoring and supporting others. And one of my sponsors to my women's organization, um, she'd been sponsoring us for a couple of years and attending events and, you know, buying our food and being a part of, you know, funding the program and, and all of that. And her and her real estate team had become, um, Uh, very familiar to me. So when my husband and I had an idea that we might, you know, look for ways to diversify our income, because we're both on a path of we knew we had a child on the way, we knew that we wanted to find um, some strategies that don't require our time um, as a trade, but that could use some of my former skills in, in the corporate world. I worked in um, real estate previously, several years ago. Uh, would, you mind, would you mind me just asking, how long have you been running your business now? I started my um, women's organization in 2014. So do you actually um, take payments or is it a group that people become members of? It's a group people become members of. And we also have sponsorships, which is how I met the person I was discussing. Okay, so the, group, the, the members of the group actually sponsor other women. And it's, it's, I know you said that, and on your website, it talks about networking and helping other women. So you're, what you're explaining is that any woman can become part of your network and, um, and join. Is it for a fee that they join? Yes. So people join the organization, they pay a membership fee, and then they can be part of regular ongoing conversations where 
We have um, discussions of strategy, talk about leadership, talk about uh, marketing and advertising. There's a lot of different subjects that we cover. Yeah, so you tried, what you've done is you've packaged everything together to give women the real kit bag, I guess, so that if they're not sure who to ask or where to turn to, or they have any questions, um, and they're, they're wanting to succeed in an area, and it could be any area, potentially, because the mentoring side of things, women have such a diverse experience in lots of different areas, and there's bound to be somebody who's either experienced what they've ex- you've experienced or what one of the other women in the group have experienced, or they're actually in a career area that, that or they share a common interest. So that's um, you know really important, isn't it? Yes, and the diversity makes a a big impact as well of having people in so many different areas of business and and different levels in their careers so that they're able to really share um, their their experiences from different angles, different points of view. So this this woman that you referred to earlier, she joined your group, is that right? Yes, she was a member, but she also sponsored the organization. So to advertise herself, she sponsored and was just a regular fixture. Her whole, whole team would attend on a regular basis. Right. And then how did it progress to what you were telling me about in terms of you being mentored? So someone who joins your group, they can put their hand up and say, look, I would like to be a sponsor. My business would like to sponsor the group or I would like to mentor or both um, one of the ladies in the group. Is that how it works? Yes, absolutely. Some people want to have a bigger um, positioning within the organization, advertise themselves or their business. And it's a wonderful relationship because they end up giving so much knowledge as well as a part of their sponsorship. Mm. Yeah. And, and as an individual, you, you're joining a group, maybe you don't know other people in the group. Uh, how does that work? And how do women connect in, in, online in that way? Um. In normal times, pre-pandemic, we met in person and people had the chance to you know, have a nibble of food together. And we had activities that would help them to congregate and connect so they were able to have engagement with one another. Now with the pandemic, we've been online and we have breakout groups where they can join with one or two other women to have mm. short conversations to get to know each other. That's great. And is it, is it working? Did women find that a challenge? Because women are generally social creatures that like to get together and, as you say, have a nibble, have a drink together and then and chat about things. But, but how, did the online um, um, setup that you've created, did that work for women? Initially, it was a hard transition because most of the women who attended, they really wanted that in-person connection. But over time, I think there's most of the most of the people that are attending now are new and they're people that are in more remote areas that didn't have access to our in-person meetings in the beginning. So I think it's a it's a whole new group of people and they're enjoying the, the experience because the way that we've created it now, they still get that engaging connection with others and the small groups and they still get to learn from each other. But it just doesn't include driving in our uh, traffic and um, taking time away from their families. Sometimes their kids are in the background or I've seen women attend the the meetings. We have early morning meetings sometimes and they'll be dropping their kids off to school. And so people just participate in a way that's 
even more comfortable for them and that doesn't get in the way of their life. Yeah, it makes it really flexible, I guess, because I can remember we used to run work live workshops, not just for women, for, for men and women, and we'd mm -hmm. find that you would have a certain number of people who would sign up, but then because of traffic or one thing and another, life gets in the way, there'd be a percentage of those people that just wouldn't show up. And so, it, like you say, this is, I think it sounds great that women can just tune in whenever they can within to fit in with their lifestyle and I think it's a really great service that you've provided for people to be able to do that. Yeah, and, and today's culture, at least in the United States where I am, our culture has gotten so much more relaxed where at the events we were really put together and we would dress up a lot of times. I would try to encourage people to come as they are, but they were often coming after work. And so they were dressed up and now it's more of a dress down. We have um, people who bring their dinner or their breakfast. We have um, a very fun, one of our members that comes a lot um, is, is she's French and she says, I'm going to bring my wine. I'm French. And it's just so fun to have those personalities just in, you know, showing up in a way that is, uh, is less polished and is just more authentic. And they can feel um, that I feel like they're a little bit more connected because they're bringing their full selves into the program. Mm. Look, when I started to invest in the stock market, there were a lot of women interested in property, for example, but women weren't so much interested in the stock market compared to men. So I'd turn up at seminars or uh, workshops and there'd be maybe maybe 5% would be women. And that changed dramatically over time. We actually have an accredited course that we run that we um, that really lifted the bar for, for women because they saw that there was a qualification involved. But with real estate in the US, has anything changed for women? Has it become easier? Has the bar been moved in such a way that it's more open for women to get the opportunities? I don't think the bar has changed very much, but I do think it, there are many more um, realtors that are women and the more that those people that are providing the services that are involved in it become women. So my providers are all female and that gets me involved in it. So I feel more comfortable. I feel like they're serving me. They know how to um, speak to me in a way that makes sense. And as women rise as well in income and wealth over time, and that has, I was in the financial industry for a while and I saw the data that women are accumulating quite a bit more wealth over time. And that's going to drive more women into real estate. It's a very capital heavy um, position to be in. You need a capital position to be able to put in the down payments, to have good credit, to be able to um, acquire these different mortgages. So it's something that um, definitely, I believe a lot of women are rising. I've had two mentors so far that have been women in the real estate industry. Right, that's fantastic. And your example that you were sharing briefly, would you mind just expanding on that and what happened, how that all came about? Yes. So the person that I was referring to, she was a sponsor to my women's organization to promote her business and would bring her team. And in building that relationship with her, every meeting she would provide new information and she would tell us a little bit about the industry or tell us what's going on. And I'd always believed that it wasn't for me. I thought that it was really, you know, 
people that had received uh, money from from past grandparents and things like that that had generational wealth that could afford to do things like that. And in one of her presentations, she provided information to let us know that you can get involved and you can do so with really great returns and you don't have to have a great deal of money to still be in a good financial position. And so it gave me motivation to get started. So did she lay that out for you to explain it? Because, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure if you're like me, but I like to see the numbers and to see it laid out. So did she do that for you? Not in her presentation, but when she actually took us out. So my my spouse and I, we do this together. I've kind of led the, the course as far as doing the calculations and picking the properties, but um, she would take us out and she would explain to us why a property was or was not a good value. Wow, so she, that's great. Mm. Yes. So she would go through the property, the real price of the property and the down payment and the price of the property each month and the rental rate and the future returns. And she would review the possibilities for each that we went through and give us notes to think about and review. And it happened over the course of a year. I mean, it's really... It's quite daunting, I think, for some women, you know, to, even men to a degree, to go out there and look for a property. And, you know, I don't know about in America, but in Australia, sometimes, you you know, the realtor or the real estate agent, as they're called here, of course, are employed by the vendor or the owner of the property and to help them sell the property. So, you know, how do you, we've got buyer's advocates, which are actually supposed to represent and should represent the individual who's the the buyer but um you know how do you trust these people and i think maybe you know you were fortunate in that you've created this network and brought all these amazing people to you so it's not like you need to go out and find them because they're all coming to you with the same um i guess from the heart you know wanting to gen genuinely help other women so therefore that trust is potentially there from the start the trust is I know I trust that she does want to help and advocate for me, but I always know that she also benefits from selling me a house. Mm. So I had also talked to other women um, that had been involved in the past and asked them questions to just learn about their experiences and some of the things that they've learned. My aunt was a real estate investor um, Many years ago, she still um, invests in real estate. Now her whole purpose is just to make sure that her children have uh, properties that they can um, have for themselves or for their future children, things like that. But my aunt and then there was one other person that was just very involved in helping me to understand her background in real estate and, and what she knew. And mm -hmm. I also books and online resources. So I did my own res my own review and really use that information in partnership with what she provided um, because I, I never advocate for people to trust wholeheartedly in, an, wholeheartedly in another person who does benefit from a transaction. Yeah, that's wise. I mean, I'm sure that people have made that mistake in the past, but, you, you know, at some point you, there's got to be some trust involved. But like you say, we, we always tell people whatever it is, whatever amount of money you're spending that's irrelevant, you still need to do the same amount of research to make sure that it's a good investment for you. Absolutely. Mm. 
And so, you know, was there anything else around this whole start to the uh, real estate area that is really interesting for other women to learn from? I think something really interesting that um, I think many people don't discuss when they talk about real estate investing when it comes to long term. So our strategy is to invest for the long term, as our mentor was teaching us, she and her spouse also invest um, with the 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 belief that they will hold it for perpetuity or at least for 10 years. And so that means having renters, that means having a plan, that means watching what's going on in your community. And it gives you another project of learning how to um, be a really good advocate for yourself in understanding what the property will need over time, knowing how to pick the right people and, and, and also making sure the property looks great and decorating is fun. So there's so many other pieces to this that I think are great areas to learn in business. Um, and so it's all very fun. It's just fun to get involved with, fun to participate in. And there's always property managers as well if it's challenging or too much to, to work on. So what would be the three top points from your own learning experience, the way that you've learned from this lady and your own, the own, your own um, I guess, key points that you've picked up along the way through your research that you would like to pass on to other women? I think the three key points that I would provide is, number one, have a really great advocate. I think having a great um, advocate that can help educate you on the process that has been in it for a while, it makes all the difference. We had, we would never have done it if we didn't have that. Um, educating yourself with books and really getting uh, many stories and many understandings because it helps you to figure out what questions to ask both your provider and the seller and things to look out for and be prepared for. And number three, if you're getting involved in it, um, start saving ahead of time. We knew we were going to get involved um, at that first moment a year ago and started saving because we knew how much money we would need for a down payment for the types, the type of house that we wanted to get for our first investment. Mm. So get that saving together. And also we worked on our credit quite a bit to make sure that our credit was in good standing um, and in a really good position to get us the best rates. And how do you do that? We actually, we again worked with an advisor and I have an advisor that um, is a fiduciary that is fee-based And we sat down with that fee-based advisor to talk through our financial goals. And that person was able to help advise us on things that we can do, ways to restructure the debt that we did have to make it show up really well on on paper so that we could get the best uh, uh, interest rates. And did the advocates or advocate that you spoke to, did she say that there's an area in property that she would never advise clients to invest in? That what I learned from her is a lot of it is preference. So the things that she told us she would not advise um, dealing with were just things that she had decided were outside of her scope. But it doesn't mean that they're bad investments. Okay. So, I mean, look, in Australia, some people advise against buying into high rises, for example, um, because of the concentration and the number of properties, if everybody was selling at the same time, then you're competing against so many people with potentially the same 
product or the same property. So I, I don't, do, do they talk about that in the US at all? Yes, there was actually a property that I really wanted that she advised me not to do for that exact reason. She looked up and found that there were several other properties along the same lines and for the same price, uh, rental price. And she knew that that didn't make for a really good situation for us. There's too many, um, I, I forget the terminology, but basically the percentage of rentals versus the percentage owned. So we looked for properties that had a higher percentage of owners versus investors. Great. Um, if we were going to do something in a uh, building like that, we ended up going with a single family home. But in those, um, looking for really good property management, looking for really good um, uh, uh, ratio as far as the number of people that own and live there versus the number of investors were some of the biggest things that she advised us to do. That's great advice. I really appreciate you sharing all of this um, really down-to-earth information that women can take a lot from and, and learn from. And also, um, where do they find you if they want to... Um, learn about your women's group and some of the other women involved? They can start at my personal website, which is the easiest thing to do, and that's crystalcovington.com. Okay. Um, you've, I've got to talk to you about some of the recordings that you put on that website, which were really inspiring. So I'd really love you to come back um, on the next show, one of the future shows that we have and talk more about that. Would you be fine doing that? Absolutely. I look forward to it. Thanks so much for your time and the opportunity to share everything that I've learned. That's a pleasure. Thanks for being with us. We've really enjoyed hearing all about your women's group and the, the real estate side of things. And I hope more women um, are watching this and, and starting to learn that there are ways that you can get into investing yourself with a partner, even in groups. Um, I'm sure it's the same in Australia. There are investing groups that um, get involved in investing in different areas together. Sometimes the barrier for entry can be a bit of a challenge, but just read and research like Crystal was saying and learn as much as you can and, and ask for help if you if you need it because there are women out there that can support you. So um, take care, everybody. All the best. Bye for now. Thanks very much, Crystal. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.